They're going to start it early instead of us banging and listening to each other bang on our keyboards to death. Poor keyboards. <laughs> All right. There we go. All right, we're live. I don't know if you knew this, Ted, but Hangouts on Air is going away August 1st. Really? It is? Yeah. So we have to check out this uh, the youtube.com forward slash webcam is their replacement. Let's see how that works out. Okay. Yeah, I guess we'll have to try it. I guess there's always Zoom as a fallback. Yeah. Probably the that's probably the better option. Zoom and then live stream using YouTube Live, but we'll see how that works out. That'd be cool. All right. SEO this week, episode 126. We are back to normal. No special guests. No one special here. Just me and Ted. Uh, and we're going to get some news going for you guys in case you uh, were missing since we had guests on last week. I mean, how dare us? But it was a good episode. Ted, you get to watch it? I did watch it. I was uh, really bummed that I, I wasn't there to meet Marie and, and Moon. Uh, you know, they they remind me a lot of you uh, because, like, all three of you are, like, SEOs in the trenches who learn from doing. And, like, all the knowledge and advice you give is based on work you've done that's had a good outcome. And I really like that kind of you know, in the trenches knowledge base, because that's really where the rubber meets the road. Like I'm a tester. I, I do a, a lot of scientific testing, but it's when you actually take what you've learned and like go and apply it and say, well, shit, that didn't work. <laughs> you know, that is like the most valuable feedback of, of the whole part of the process. So I really like SEOs that are in the trenches applying what they learn. And so, yeah, I was bummed not to be there. <laughs> well, we missed you. I know you were trying to electrocute yourself doing your own plumbing or some craziness like that, but hey. <laughs> well, they they were installing heating and AC on the second floor and water started pouring into the electrical panel in the basement. Nice. Like, what the heck? And it turns out it was unrelated to everything. It's just a coincidence that the dishwasher was running while all these, the electrician was here looking at the panel. Uh, the uh, bearings in the motor and the dishwasher failed, and water was pouring through the motor and onto the, the floor behind the cabinets in the kitchen and down into the panel. Is just a fluke coincidence, and fortunately, we had the electrician right there. Is like, turn that off. <laughs> <laughs> I have done that before. I loaded the dishwasher and put, it was like a pan or something. I can't remember exactly, but it pressed on the heating element and it melted through the plastic, and all that water went straight through the bottom uh, on down to the, to the bottom floor through the ceiling tiles and everything. So luckily I had to drop ceilings down there. You just take all that off and re-dry it out. You're good. But that was my drama. Yep. Woohoo. I control the show. Who wants a free ad? Anybody call outs? Let's see. I, I know that uh, uh, SIA and NFG are going to have an awesome conference this year. Is anybody uh, listening, planning to attend that? The Rockstars NFG conference? 
I'm going. I'll be there. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that they have dates or a location yet. They keep hinting that uh, it'll be in Q4, but yeah. I don't think it's been ironed out more than that. I think Dory said the last we talked was late October Disneyland. Ooh, that'll be a good one. Yeah. Hopefully and find a puppy sitter. We rescue dogs. I don't know if anyone knows this, but we rescue Belgian Malinois in particular because we like the breed and we enjoy the dogs. And uh, found the dog on the internet. People were selling it like for a crazy price. And I just knew because of the breed that, you know, they'll sell it and then that dog will end up in a shelter somewhere. So we just, you know, saved ourselves a trip of going to the shelter later down the road and got him now covered in ticks, 13 month old puppy. Uh, and as you heard, he's healthy now <laughs> and uh, really rambunctious Malinois. So if you ever want a Malinois, get a Malinois puppy and it'll change your mind right away because he eats all your furniture and everything else. So yeah, Puppies are tough. Yeah. They grow up though. And then you miss the puppies. <laughs> okay. So let's see. I want to go ahead and bring up the episode here. All the banter's done. There we go. SEO this week, episode 126, Evolution Robots in the Sandbox. First off, I want to start with a new post from Brian Dean. He always puts out some great stuff. And what this is is a SEO service report based on a survey he did at 1,200 businesses. I also linked to his methodology report saying how they actually came up with the numbers and stuff because... Like always, there's someone who's going to hate on something. Uh, and I saw that automatically as people were hating on who is he talking to, et cetera. It doesn't show me this. Well, he published a methodology as well. So good on him for doing that. It's actually pretty good survey. Some interesting stuff in here. One to me was this number here is their other survey respondents, their average was uh, just under $500 a month of SEO services. So hey people if you're providing seo services you're still undercharging i could do seo some seo for that but really that's going to be a pr and i'll be stacking prs month over month um, ted what do you think how do you think of that number well i mean that number aside i i like to look at uh, brian dean's work uh kind of as the prototype example of how to do white hat uh, so he has the long form content and his blog has like 40, 50 posts total. And he's built that collection slowly over time, putting a lot of investment into each post, both in generating the content and promoting the content. So I, I kind of, you know, his content aside, I look at what he's doing is kind of that prototype of how to do white hat. Yeah. Um, so if you're thinking about doing a blog, you know, kind of copy this, you know, the small businesses spend an average of $500 a month on SEO services. I, I'd be hard pressed to find an SEO service uh, that's going to get you results that's $500 a month. Um, you know, I, I think that number is, 
you know, it, it, it could be accurate, but I, I don't think people are getting good results at that number. I'd be skeptical. Yeah. I'm skeptical as well. It's, like I said, I could do it for that, but it doesn't leave a lot of room for uh, improvement. Like that's, I would if I took a five hundred dollar a month client, I literally would buy a PR for them once a month and not do anything else. Yeah, <laughs> if five hundred dollars a month, that's like financing a quality audit. Yeah, <laughs> you might as well go to a reputable firm and say, "Hey, I'd like to get financing on a site audit." <laughs> Um, and you know, maybe, maybe that's what these companies do when, when it's $500 a month, it's like, Hey, we're going to give you, you know, one month of quality SEO over the course of six to 12 months. You know, I, I just don't, I don't understand how they can do it at that price and have it be meaningful. Because yeah. when you start to break down the hours of just, you know, the meetings, the explanations of what you need to do, the back and forth, and you're starting to get down to like $7 an hour. Right. I think that also kind of goes along with number eight here is only 30% would recommend their current SEO provider to a friend or colleague, which would go into I'm paying $500 a month. I'm not seeing good results. Why the hell would I recommend you to my friend? This is kind of where I would put those two together. Yeah, yeah. So people are getting what they pay for and basically getting scammed. Yeah. Let's see. What other good one was in here? Small business owners are getting smarter here with proximity, so that's good. Uh, they should kind of see that trend. I think we're doing a good job educating our clients. Um, one thing I want to point out here is he made all their conclusions. They're all right up at the top. It was pretty good. And then he actually used graphics and designs to kind of expand on this and turn this into, uh, for lack of a better word, since it's Brian Dean, skyscraper content. I think it's actually a really good piece, uh, like Ted was saying, to follow and model the way that he's doing this stuff. I think uh, I can't even – his. Publishing frequency, Ted, I think, is around once a month, if that. Uh, he spends a majority of his time researching the content. He'll have the content drafted, and then the rest of that is all promotion. He's promoting that content because people want to see it. I think he does a really good job of that. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. You know, if I was going to do a white hat blog model and, you know, I was going to just purely do content as king, I'd – I'd follow his approach because he's not trying to build, you know, 5,000 uh, pages for 5,000 keywords. He says, you know, in his model, he says, I want 50 pages that all perform very well. Uh -huh. And I think that's a good approach if you're trying to limit how much time and investment you put into something that's supposed to have an ROI. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Plus, it's if you're if you were like me and you fell into you have to make content every day and publishing frequently. And hell, when I first started SEO, I was writing a blog post a day for a year. That sucks. Uh, and this is kind of just to me, it's um, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh, it's nicer. Yeah, it's proof that you you don't have to do that, and then you can work. Obviously, it's hard to put 
the content, a piece of content like this together. And, and in his case, you just had a partner with the pollster organization that did it for him. Uh, but it's harder to build a piece of content like this because you got to research and all that other stuff. And it probably takes you a week to write it. Uh, but it's, it's easier in the long run because you're not frying your brain trying to think of new things to write every day. I, I would bet he's probably working on two or three things at the same time. And so there's overlapping work and it may take, you know, two, three, four, six months to finish a piece of content. Yeah. And so it may look like he's just doing them once a month, but, you know, it could very well be that he's spending more than a month on each one. Yeah. Doing all the research and everything. You could tell he's doing it, doing the research, et cetera, and putting it all together and stuff. So. That certainly makes sense. Uh, here's the methodology uh, questions asked and the responses. I linked to this. It's kind of hidden. Someone else found it, and I and I linked to it in the on the page. So if you want to see the questions, is the questions and the numbers and the demographics, et cetera, it's all right there for you. I think someone asked about server provider location. I think it was Carolyn. It was interesting. Uh, businesses are hiring in the United States. That's, that's interesting. Known, known location, know the location of the service provider, 51%. Uh, 78% with the USA location says extremely important. Uh, also very interesting. Um, that's good if you're a U.S. SEO provider. Not so good if you're in India. Sorry, guys. Uh, let's see. Search engine journal. Google updating the page's publishing date won't make it rank better. This one's been going on for a while. Hell, Jerry West had a plugin. I forget the name of it. Uh, and it automatically reset your publishing date for you on your blog posts. And the theory was Google is looking for freshness. So reset your date and you're fresh. Uh, and your page will rank higher. Uh, at the time when Jerry West was doing it, it was actually working pretty well. Uh, and then it started not working so much. And I think that coincided with how popular the topic began. And Google was like, oh, let's kind of see if we can fix this. I think, however, that there's still something to that in some markets, in some niches, niches, uh, that... That's why this keeps popping up and Google keeps saying, oh, no, it doesn't work. But I th honestly, if if you play around your markets, I have seen it in some cases where it does work. We're simply changing the publishing date does boost it up. It's temporary. It'll boost it up and then it'll fall back and you got to keep going doing it over and over again. So it's probably not like a really good ROI thing unless you're getting a whole lot of money on the page and not really worth, worth the effort. Um but it's something to certainly look at uh, within your <coughs> see if the dates are, you know, are people refreshing the dates? Is Google looking for the newest stuff or do they just not care? Um, well, I, uh, I think there's a few possibilities of what could be going on here. And so this, this ties into a number of things and probably the oldest debate related to this kind of thing is, uh, you know, domain age is, the age of a domain a factor. And uh, I don't necessarily think it is. I think how long your site has been indexed in Google's database is the factor. And oftentimes that, that correlates with the age of the domain, but not always. Uh, um, and then 
I think Google is doing change detection to figure out how frequently it needs to come back to get updated content. Because whether it's a post or a homepage summarizing post, I mean, it could change frequently over time, especially if you're doing active editing, which websites like CNN do. You can sit there and do change detection on their homepage as well as on their articles. And you can see hour by hour that they're making edits to both the homepage and the articles they're publishing. And so Google is probably going in and doing change detection to figure out how frequently it needs to come back and visit to get updates for these pages. And so it might not be the published date, it might be the, uh, the size and frequency of changes made to the page. And then another aspect is if you have the publish schema where your publish date shows up in the SERP, that could affect the click-through rate, especially if you're updating it from last year's publish date saying, no, no, this is fresh as of now, so this is current data on the topic. That could affect your click-through rate, which could affect your rankings. Yeah. So it's hard to say that it's just this piece of text on the page. It could be a number of things happening. True. It's interesting. Still worth worthwhile testing. I would test it out. I, I stopped using Jerry West plugin quite some time ago, though. For for me, it wasn't working. But hey, if it's a, if it's an advantage and Google's going to give it to you, you might as well try it. Uh, which is good because it leads us into this one. Is Google Sandbox uh, still affecting these sites? Uh, this is an interesting study. I'll scroll all the way down to the bottom where his conclusion was that there is no sandbox. Uh, and it was right after he said that it took him several months to rank his new websites. Uh, so if there, that the, the thing that debate will still remain. Um, well, I will tell you that I publish new content on an old site or a new site and it'll pop in then it'll disappear for like a while and then it'll come back later um and then i know other people who get brand new websites or brand new domains and say oh i've been in the sandbox for 60 days or there's a 60 day sandbox on uh, expired domains or pbn sites 60 day sandbox we have heard those before as well and to me, I'm not. I think the problem is, is that there are bullshitters out there who don't define the term. Uh -huh. And because they don't define the term, they're like, ah, oh, see, it doesn't exist. This thing I didn't define can't be proven. <laughs> um, and so that's just pure bullshit. Uh, when you take it to something you can measure, there is no doubt that there is a sandbox that has changed over time. Mm -hmm. What that sandbox definition uh, is, is at what point when you launch a new website, does that website get credit for its backlinks? And that's the sandbox. And you can actually uh, measure this using Google's uh, link operator for the domain. So when that link operator switches from having zero results to non-zero results, you know you're out of the sandbox. And historically, it has taken up to 10 months 
to get credit for your backlinks. And so when it takes 10 months to get credit for backlinks, that is being in the sandbox. So the sandbox deniers are largely full of shit because A, they don't define what the sandbox is, and B, they don't acknowledge how to measure it and that you can measure it. So that's my opinion on the sandbox. Yeah, I'm probably right along with you too. Although I'm not going to run that test that you just said. I'm not going to do that. That would take forever. <laughs> Every day checking. Nope. Yep. Okay. It's, not, <laughs> it's not 10 months anymore. It's much shorter. So it has, changed. <laughs> it has improved. But to say that there isn't a time, uh, um, that there isn't an amount of time for which you get credit for your backlinks. And to say that that hasn't changed over time is just patently false. Yeah. Do you think there'd be a different sandbox based on how you just defined it for brand new domains versus expired domains? Well, uh, what I found and why why I don't think domain age is a factor is at my previous online retail gig, the owner of the business had about, you know, eight or 900 domain names dating back to the mid to late 90s. And the thing about these old domain names that were registered is that most of them were never used as websites. They were never put on a server and configured. They were never indexed by Google. So here we had these ancient domains going all the way back to the 90s, but never used for a website. So I tested those side by side with brand new domain names. And so those decades old domain names and brand new domain names had no difference. They were effectively the same thing. Now, what did matter was if you took over a domain name that had history in Google's database, that did do better. So it's not domain age that was a factor. It was how long has it been in Google's database? History. Interesting. So don't, don't get scammed buying domain names that were indexed a long time ago. That's how you get ripped off. You need to go to uh, Wayback Machine Internet Archive and see, does the domain name have history? Right. It's, it's that date that matters. Good Good tips. Uh, let's see. Google Webmaster Central blog. Rarely I highlight one of these. This is pretty good, though, but I thought it was uh, important. This is a note on unsupported rules and robots text. The short version is no index and no follow. They're taking it out of the robots text parser. They're not going to acknowledge it anymore. And I think this goes along the lines where Gary Isles was talking on Twitter saying, why are people putting uh, no index, no follow directions in the robots text? It's not what it's there for. Uh, and then now they've finally just taken it out. And they're saying, if you're going to use it, you disallow your whole site in the robots text, uh, fine. But by pages, you should be using the meta tags, the robots meta tags per the page uh, instead. So I think that's pretty handy uh, knowledge. <clears throat> they have a tool here, too, uh, to play with the production parser if you want to. 
Um, I'm we're not even close to smart enough to figure out the different uses for that. But basically, if you were, you know, if you had running a crawler or whatever thing like that, you can go in there and test it and make sure that your crawler and the robots text instructions that you want uh, your users to have, or you're hoping that your users have, uh, does not mess with Google. And that's the purpose of this cool, uh, interesting update. And also, you need to go in and fix your robots text if you're using it for no index, no follow stuff. And finally, CC Carter put out a post called Evolution on Serp uh, Wu's blog. He doesn't write here very often, but when he does, it's always great uh, information. And his contention first is websites are dead um, and that we as SEOs should be looking beyond um, you know, just SEO as a matter, of course, for traffic generation. There is a link right here to his, um, it's an interesting collection of information on what he calls traffic leaps. And this is traffic leap bootcamp. Uh, it's free as far as the last time I clicked on it and went through it. So, you know, check it out you can find some really good information on there. Uh, just, you know, get more traffic from different places. So when Google does do an update, you could care two shits less. Uh, and that's probably the main point here that see Carter is actually trying to get you to read and understand. He does cite how mobile, as we all know, mobile has is more and more in effect. There's more traffic. Uh, more people are searching or on the Internet, on the Internet as a whole from mobile devices. Uh, and then how most of those people are actually just using apps versus using the browsers, which makes a lot of sense. I, I can't say that I do a lot of browser searching on my phone uh, either. Um, and that's his basis for argument and why you should be moving on and finding some new things. Uh, and especially working and emphasizing uh, your branding which is what everyone likes calling now establishing the entity. You're establishing yourself as a thing or your business as a thing. Uh, so that's pretty pretty good. And there's some more detailed information and just some things to go along here. And, you know, this is some content that you should be, types of content that you should be creating, uh, the different audience levels, i.e., you know, professional, personal, et cetera, uh, that you could be targeting. And then finally down here, uh, so uh, just a game plan to go and reach out and expand your marketing from working on just Google or, you know, like in my case, I do YouTube, Facebook and, and Google. I should be doing more is his argument. Uh, and also he states one thing is really interesting in here is that you can't publish enough content. You can't burn out your audience because if you're doing your competition, you're seeing what your competition is doing on Reddit, for example, should be doing the same thing and you should be louder. Uh, you should be pushing out more and more and more versus less and not worry about, um, you know, I'm burying my, my readers in too much. If it's too much for them, then they'll filter themselves out. But there might be people that think that's perfect um, and a perfect amount and you're giving them and they want more, you know, feed me more, <laughs> as it were. Um, and those people will actually be your ardent brand ambassadors and you're probably your best clients at the end of the day. So, um, that's one good point be, to be made inside of this article. So check this out. 
Again, if you've never read anything from C.C. Carter, you're really missing out. He's got uh, Business Builders Insiders, there's a forum in there. He's got posts in there from like 2014, 2015 that are still relevant and and great pieces of work today. So check out this on Serpent. There's a, a simpler way to communicate this concept. It's it's don't put all your eggs in one basket. If you're if you're living day to day based on the traffic gift that Google gives you, you're probably going to be in trouble. And so you should expand to build community, to do your list building, to build more reliable, uh, more scalable marketing assets than just, you know, the gifted traffic from organic sources. And yeah, I think that is a simpler way, but going into the content piece, we're talking about content marketing. How many times have we already heard that? I think you and I, we preach that tons. I know I've preached it tons. You know, you shouldn't be just, you know, doing SEO. You should be doing social media. You should be doing PPC. You should be doing all of these things. That way, if one thing dies... Uh, it's not going to kill you. It's not going to be the end of the world. You're not going to be on a forum just crying. Oh, you know, Google, fuck me. You know, it's, you know, you can. So, I think the way he put this is pretty good, um, and it should get the attention of some more people that were missing out on that concept, or you know, or afraid to expand. Yep. Yeah. Which is probably you know a better way to describe it. I'm not saying go out there and sign up for, you know, get on Gnome and sign up for all 630 different sites or whatever that number is that you can um, uh, secure your brand account on and use every one of those because no one in their right mind is going to be able to do all that and create unique content. But go out and do reach more. Facebook, I wasn't really sold on marketing on it, but, you know, I make a good deal of money from being on Facebook. Uh, Reddit, you know, I'm still trying to monetize that. Pinterest, I get a lot of traffic from Pinterest. Uh, but that's because I'm going out there and, and just at least trying uh, some of those platforms. And I recommend that you guys do the same thing. Twitter is a no-brainer these days. You know, I thought, you know, I was for sure that was going to go kind of the way of the dodo. But now you can't, you know, even watch a nightly news show without having a conversation about Twitter in one way or the form. So, uh, you should definitely be on Twitter and trying to reach out and engage. Um, even if you have to newsjack some of those, con- you know, the hashtags and stuff, newsjack the hashtags, et cetera, and, you know, and jump into that conversation and get a little bit of a bit more exposure for yourself and your brand. Just be careful. Social justice warriors are out there and they'll make you pay uh, well, if I, you care for it. But, yeah. I think the thing you, you pointed out there is that it's a conversation. Yeah. And probably, you know, the bare minimum is when people are talking about you and your product or service, you probably want to be in that conversation. Correct. And that's it. That's all we got. (laughs) 30 minutes. Uh, I've been tracking along. Don't see any other questions that we haven't uh, talked about already. Uh, let's see. Thank you for unpacking the sandbox topic a bit. Uh, uh, yep, yeah, that's it. I think we're good. Ted, I knew 
Last week we didn't drop any bombs because you weren't around about SEO Fight Club. The week before we just forgot. So I figure I'd hit you up this week. What are we talking about? Well, uh, there's a new concept. It's kind of a heavy concept. And it's all based about looking at what Google is doing out in the field. And there's some heavy implications to it. And basically what we're going to do is we're going to put down the groundwork to the idea that keywords have factors. Now, we're all familiar with the idea that web pages have factors, keywords in your title, and how many times did you say your keywords, and how many backlinks does a page have. But the idea that keywords themselves have factors. And you're talking like different on-page factors, for example, for each keyword. Well, they're totally different kinds of factors. So <laughs> this, you type in one keyword, you know, maybe it's your company's brand name and you find out that Google only gives you an allocation of X for your brand. But then you type in your competitor's brand name and Google gives them an allocation of Y for their brand. Uh -huh. what's, what's going on? Why is it different? Why is that better better than me? <laughs> yeah. and, and it's and it's really interesting when you start looking at these stats going hey wait a second how come this keyword is so much different than that keyword and the resources that google is allocating to them yeah. and why does this matter and how does it affect your business and the keywords you want to choose and it comes down to this this new concept that's probably always been, but keywords have factors. Keywords have factors. Well, I think you since Cora, you've been talking about that since Cora, that each keyword, and I've been like echoing it too, is each keyword has a different set of rules. Uh, we kind of use Cora as here's proof. Uh, and then I expanded into that and said with Michael Milas, he took what he was doing and looked at that and said, Hey, you know what? Each keyword uh, in their backlinking and their anchor text is also different. Um, so it'd be interesting to see what you got coming on. I guess, or I'm going to guess that we're going to have a lot of people just kind of not talking and kind of trying to soak it in. And at the end oh. of it, it's going to be like, what the hell did you just say? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's <laughs> totally going to be it because, you know, it's, it's a really difficult thing to wrap your mind around. It's that, you know, it's an obtuse thing and it gets into the concept of what are Google's motivations and it gets into, you know, why is there volatility in the search results? Uh -huh. And, you know, all of these things are things that, you know, you got to get to 30,000 feet to even acknowledge they exist and most people don't see it. It's out of sight, out of mind. Right. Sweet. Okay. Uh, one last thing. I wanted to let everyone know before we go. Uh, SEO this week's going to take on sponsors. I hope you don't mind, but you know I'm a greedy capitalist. And the people over at Cora, i.e. Ted, he is going to be a sponsor. Uh, and so is Kyle Roof at Page Optimizer Pro. 
Uh, we picked those mainly. I picked those two um, because well, one they asked me, and two I just don't. I want to promote people that I know we're doing good and great things. Uh, well, not trying to uh, pretend that I don't sell things on my on um, on the show. It's not the focus of the show, obviously, and I think I think we've done a really good job of not doing that, uh, which I enjoy. It's kind of refreshing. Um, but we're going to have sponsors, and hopefully we can uh, turn this into a sh program that everyone gets way more benefit out of uh, than uh, what we intend. So that's that's the end goal. Just so give everyone let everyone know. Yeah, and we just want to make sure that it stays around because we like the show. So <laughs> whatever keeps it going is yeah. our goal. Well, YouTube's doing pretty good for me. I think I make $90 a month now. So if you watch the Wix commercials, thank you very much for watching Wix. <laughs> but if you click that on, then what the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> All right. And then uh, one last thing from, from Lee for you, Ted, is he wanted to know if you're wearing your tinfoil hat tomorrow. Uh, most, most definitely. So there will be a lot of disclaimers. But everything I'm going to show you I pulled directly out of the search results. It's all just field observations of Google. The tinfoil hat part will be the analysis of those observations. Nice. Nice. Definitely looking forward to it. And with that, everyone, this has been SEO This Week, episode 126. And we'll see you next week. Take care. <laughs>